we all have been using Webpack for a while. But now, uh, given that there are some new technologies available, like all the like all the browsers, green uh, browser support, ESM modules, and like some other uh, things that have evolved, we are able to create like uh, some new tooling that allow us to have the faster dev experience and and like the same kind of like uh, production ready build uh, once you're ready to go. Hi, and welcome to Pod Rocket. I'm Noel, and today we're joined by Matthias Capoletto, or Patak, as many online know him. Uh, he's here to talk about the newest release of Veet, um, BeatConf, a whole bunch of other stuff, but we'll just kind of let him introduce himself and jump in a bit. Um, I guess, first of all, how's it going? Hey, really happy to be here. Thanks again for the invite, and good to be talking back to you. Awesome. Yeah, we're excited. Again, our first conversation, I feel like, was really was, was awesome. We covered a lot and it was uh, very insightful. So I'm excited. To, I'm excited to be chatting again and welcome you back. Um, I guess, yeah, again, we've got a whole bunch we can talk about, maybe. But before we jump into what's new uh, in, in V3, we can talk about what V is for those who aren't familiar at all. And I guess your role to kind of in the ecosystem and how you found yourself working on V. Yeah. So uh, first about like what is V. Uh, we usually need a build tool when we do applications for web. Like we don't code in HTML, JS, and CSS, but we do like use Vue or like JSX or TypeScript, and we use some high-level tools. But the browser doesn't understand any of that, so we need a tool to actually convert all that to something that the browser can run. So normally, Webpack was king in this space. Like we, we all have been using Webpack for a while, but now, uh, given that there are some new technologies available, like all the like all the browsers, green uh, browser support, ESM modules, and like some other uh, things that have evolved, we are able to create like uh, some new tooling that allow us to have the faster dev experience and and like the same kind of like. Uh, production-ready build uh, once you're ready to go. So VT is like in that space, like Webpack, Parcel, and these kind of tools. Awesome. And how did you find yourself? How did you find yourself working on this kind of this part of the tool chain? Yeah. Uh, so I, I was working in in a project uh, that was using VT when VT2 wasn't released. So. I was getting like involved because I was hitting the bugs at that point that was quite unstable. This was around, let, let's say, November of like 2020, so like uh, some time ago. And I started to collaborate, uh, like other people start to open source that like send in a small pull request or like participating in issues. Like th this is very useful. Like you don't need to send a PR to like make yourself useful to an open source project, like just sending a very good issue with a proper reproduction or checking the issues of others or getting involved in the community and discussing. So this this was like what I started doing with Vit. I was also already kind of like talking with some of the people involved, like Anthony Fu, because of another project, View Use. So uh, like I started to collaborate and it's, it's like, a lot of the things that happen in open source is one PR takes you to the next, and then you start to develop a relationship with the maintainers that encourage you to do more. Uh, like normally, like they don't push, but it's like they open the doors, let's say. So this is with what Evan did with many of us that were at that point. And when Evan created the Bit team, I was one of the people that were more involved. So, so I was part of the initial VIT team, and then other people joined, and I, I started to like take a, a role in the sense of like handling the releases and like talking with people in the ecosystem. I really like this kind of community or ecosystem work, and so this is what uh, I have been doing. And after a while, uh, Stagblitz. Uh, that is this online IDE that they do web containers 
and you can run Node in the browser with them. So th they are using Vite a lot because it is the fastest way to get you like a playground to get started. And they reach it out because Vite is really important to them. So now I'm working full time on Vite, hired by by Staglitz. So this is now my like the current involvement. Nice. Yeah, you said something there about like how when you start working on a, a project, you said open source, but I think any project, like you start with, you know, some little external, maybe one-off bug that you think like, oh, this is a simple thing. And then as you like fix that, you discover other things and like you find yourself going from one feature request to the next. I mean, I think that is insightful and like, I mean, not something that people reflect upon a ton because like it just kind of happens so organically, but I feel like that does happen a lot like that's how people find themselves in the bottom layers of code bases is because they started some little thing on the top layer and then learned why it is the way it is and like it leads them down this path of you know oh i understand that yeah yeah more, more like with projects as big as as big you know like it's not like just a library that is a single line utility you know but it it is quite complex there is a lot of parts and you can collaborate like just knowing about certain aspects let's say uh, after a while, you end up fixing bugs in almost all. <laughs> so you end up like checking all the code base and uh, starting to understand how everything fit together. But uh, at the beginning, it's approachable like to focus on on some of the of the parts of the project. And I, I think that there there is a lot of like the, it, there is the importance of maintainers in how they approach contributors. Because like Evan, Evan Yu or Anthony Fu or like other maintainers from like the Vue ecosystem or Vue ecosystem are extremely, extremely good at like opening that doors and at, at kind of this like uh, encouragement without pushing, you know, that that's, that's very important for, for others to, to get involved. And, and this, this is what take like later, like with me and like other people that got into the team. And, and now there are like 600, more than 600 collaborators to the Vite repo and growing. So it, that, that is like one of the quite interesting metrics, let's say, that Vite core is, a, is now a, a collaboration point for, for a lot of projects. Yeah, yeah, that, that is, that is, that's, um, and it's always encouraging to hear, I guess. And I could, I could talk about like, you know, the, communication style and the organization layer of open source projects like to no end probably if we if we really wanted to get into it um but no, let's let's talk about v because i feel like that's probably why people are here so what's i guess what is v3 and why is it a major version is maybe the first question i'll ask the the main trigger for the new version is that node 12 is in end of life so if you want like we were supporting so far node 12 and if you want to follow Semver with, with the mayors, once you drop an old version and you're going to tell your users you can no longer use Vite with Node 12, then, then you need uh, a new mayor. So this is the reason, like, and you can actually say, okay, I will, I will not follow Semver, like, but that is not good. Or I will wait two or three years for the next mayor and then only like drop node, let's say 16 already there. The thing is that if it is already in end of life, dropping node 12 for a tool like Vite allow us to increase the maintainability of the code base because we can start like using like more modern patterns, like functions that are weren't there in node 12. Some bugs are no longer there, so you don't need some hacks or workarounds that we added in the code base to support the uh, like previous version of Node. So it is a good idea, I think, to like not be afraid of a major version. And more if you take it in the way we we are doing with Vit, that it, like we are going to do like at least one major version per year, but we are going to put a lot of care into making this like almost as if you will update a minor. So like, like we are going to try to move the whole ecosystem as quickly as possible, like, like the ecosystem is uh, used with, with miners, let's say. Uh, we 
obviously are going to take the opportunity that the mayor ga give us to like, for example, we have deprecated functions that during the last six or 10 minors, you have been receiving a message that say, this option has been deprecated, you should still use this other option. So a mayor is a good opportunity to say, okay, all that deprecated functions are going away, all that warning messages are not going there, you are going to receive a hard error if you use that. That is normally because people use TypeScript, what is going to happen is that directly TypeScript is going to tell you that like, that option doesn't exist anymore. But most of the people should not experience that. And it's a very easy, let's say, migration path because there is like a, a migration guide that you can follow. And one of the, the things that is say, the first thing is these options are no longer there as they were deprecated and what you should use in any of them. Uh, so that is like something else that we wanted to do. And from there, we, we had the opportunity to like maybe review some defaults, for example, or like introduce some breaking changes that mostly they won't affect final users. But these are things that we discover when working with the ecosystem and projects that are using Bit, like Svelkit, Nux, Astro. And they, for example, normally they discover that something will be better for them, uh, like if, if you work in some other way. And during the minors, we probably added an option for them to do that because we, we couldn't change the default behavior. But once we reach the mayor, we can say, okay, that option is gone. And actually this is going to be the, the new default. So, so that, that, that will be like kind of like the, the, the first, uh, like part. Then when we, when we are it, it is like two months that we did the mayor. So a lot of other opportunities appear, let's say, but, but we, we managed to keep the, like, if you read the migration guide and if you already start to hear like the, how was the migration for a lot of people, it, it is like, like a minor. So like, I, I think it has working pretty well. And we can talk about also Bit Ecosystem CI, that is the infrastructure we have to test all the ecosystem projects also a little bit later, because that is what helped us to release when we are ready, to release when we know that the, all the ecosystem is ready. And because most users are consuming Bit through a framework, like Svelkit, like Nux, uh, then it is kind of like easier because it is like we, like the Vit team and the framework already- Are collaborating, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. are, are collaborating and already hit all the issues that would normally user will hit. Enjoying the podcast? Consider hitting that follow button for even more great episodes. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it makes sense to yeah, kind of explain it in that way of like if if your if your end user pool isn't huge, I think there's probably a little less uh, trepidation a lot of the time. And like, oh, we have a core, you know, pe people are paying it. People that are using us are paying attention to our version numbers, and they care about you know new features and staying updated. You said oh, like your guys' release cadence was going to be like every year. Do you think it'll be pretty closely tied to like the Node versions end of life? Is that the plan? That was the original idea that, uh, for example, like I think the next one uh, will be like in September next year because they change it a bit. They move it to align because they also have to align with other things. But but actually, we may release bit for this year because they, like there have been a development that Lucas uh, or Lucas, I don't know what's the, how is the pronunciation, like from the rollup team. Actually, they are going to release Rollup 3. And Rollup is like half of Bit. Like it's like the, it's our main dependency, let's say, like it's what builds uh, your production app. So if we want to update to it, we cannot continue to be called like Bit 3. We, we need a mayor. So, and if, if Rollup 3 is there and actually it has improvement and the Rollup team is working like I'm focusing on it, we cannot wait eight months for or one year for the next one. So what, what is going to happen probably is that in 
one month or two months, Rollup will release the version. We are going to wait maybe another month or two for the ecosystem, the Rollup ecosystem of plugins to actually see all the bugs and like update to support it. And once we see that the Rollup ecosystem is ready for Rollup 3, we are probably going to release another major uh, of bit. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. Can you can you tell me? I, I guess, let's get into the the ecosystem CI that you 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 touched on briefly there. What is that? How does that work? Yeah, so there is this um, Dominic G that is from the Svelte ecosystem. Uh, mm -hmm. He has been working on Vit plugin Svelte. Uh, that is what power like the integration between Vit and Svelkit. and we worked with with him to create. A, it, it is a, a repository with actions that every major project in the ecosystem have like a test definition that connects their CI to, to Vite main. So what it happens is that every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday in a channel in our Discord in VitLAN, we receive how the main branch from each project in the ecosystem that there around 10 there are right now. How is the state of that against the state of Vidmain? So if we see that everything is green, we we can like be pretty confident that not only our tests are passing, but like the changes that we did are not uh, producing a regression on any of the CIs of the ecosystem. And that is quite a net. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is something. And once we get our bread, we actually use the same thread in Discord to talk with the maintainer and say, like, look, we found this uh, red. What do you think it is? We examined uh, with them the error and we correct it before releasing. So this is why, like, we have, we started doing this maybe five or four months ago and it completely changed how we release and how we work. Because before, I was mainly pinging like the maintainers say like, could you please test before I release because I'm afraid that I could break you. And now we have like the like a great overview of the state of the ecosystem, and we can press the release button like with confidence. So this is like something that happened in V3. For like in in V2, we were like totally green, and it was like very like good to do all the minors and patches. When we started working with V3, we got all reds because we started to change like some breaking changes, some like moving to ESM, like there were like some big changes, but we worked with them until that was green. And most of these projects actually created some V3 branch so they could keep like going into their main development and at the same time already like start testing V3. So what we were testing it was like this, like the, the V3 branch in the project against Fitmain. And it, it has been working very well. Other projects like Nax, Svelte, uh, Astro, they, they want to do the same now. Like Dominic G at one point is going to work on, on abstracting this in a package that other ecosystems can use. Because like they see the value and they want to do the same with their, their downstream dependency. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. So, so just to help me understand this repo with the actions that are performed, who is, who is maintaining like the actions for a given downstream dependency? Like, are you guys writing that or are the maintainers of the downstream? The, each of the definitions is like five lines of code. So it doesn't matter that much who maintains it because it is mainly saying like this repo, for example, Astro with this branch, the read three branch, and like for building, you need to run this command. The normally is build, that is the default. For testing, you need to run this command that normally is test. And and that's it. Like it already like the this Vit ecosystem CI knows if you're using YARN, PMPM, do the proper override. Like it all, all that is taken care of. We try to involve the maintainers because it is very important that this is this is something that we do together. So Normally, we don't add another project, even if it is only that five lines that we could add, but wait for the maintainers to kind of like do a PR and know how this works. So actually, most of 
most of the project were added by the maintainers themselves. Got it. So, so essentially, what what the what the repo is doing is like for for a given um, consumer, you know, you know, because they are an open source project for the most part as well. You know how to pull and run their test suite. So you're so you're taking the project, building, running the test suite, but using whatever version, whatever is the is the master or main version of V. So you can tell when tests break. Is that exactly yes? And now, like all major like package managers, like npm, yarn, uh, npm, pm, they have uh, like support for overrides. Uh, so that it is quite easy to to do that, like pointing to to V. And in some projects, it's a little bit more complex because, for example, like for the plugin view, we also point to the latest of the plugin view or for Svelte, it is like going to two separate repos and getting the latest of the two separate repos against Bitmain. But it's, it's, it's mainly like uh, testing, like being able to on demand and kind of like in a cadence, be able to see the state because we use it on demand also. If there is a PR that is a little bit involved, we can run Vite ecosystem CI, not only our CI, uh, like just by pressing a button. So if, for example, now we have to release a patch for V3 and there was a PR that I wasn't sure. So we actually run not only our CI, but we run Vite ecosystem CI and we see that everything is green. So we are more confident that we can merge that PR. Nice, nice. Yeah, that's that's super cool. Yeah. So I have, have, was that a pattern that you've seen anywhere else? Did anything inspire you guys, or is this a pretty new idea? I know that the view project at one point, like Sodatea, I think, uh, put something in place, but I haven't seen like the the exact same setup that we have now. Uh, GitHub Actions are also like it's not that new, but they were not there. I think when when they the view ecosystem was doing this, but uh, I hear that now, for example, Vue want to do the same also uh, as like uh, a lot of maintainers are share and, and we see the value. So like uh, they also want to do the same and it will be good because like if you release some new Vue version, it will be good that you check the Nux CI before. Yeah, that's awesome. So yeah, like that the the peace of mind that that must grant sounds, yeah, like super. <laughs> it It is, it is. It was like like pressing the button in the dark before. Right, right. Yeah, much, much, much less scarier to hit the publish, the, the deploy button. Um, yeah, so I guess that does, that does, I'm, I think this is kind of tied to this and what we were just talking about before. But in my head, like, you know, as a consumer of NPM packages in general, I feel like what I usually think about when I'm doing a major versus a minor upgrade to a dependency is that like how it's going to interact with my peer dependencies is a lot or its peer dependencies is the thing I have to think about a lot, right? Like if I'm upgrading a package, usually the package itself isn't that hard to upgrade. The challenge is then the interaction with like its peer dependencies or other things in my project. Does Vite have many peer dependencies that your guys's like downstream consumers are using or is it, are most of them just using Vite and that's kind of all that they have to think about? Uh, most like if you are just using Vite, uh, it is like a like the complete package. So normally you only have to think about Vite, but most users, as, as we say before, they don't use Vite except for playgrounds or something small. Normally, like for example, if you like Svelte, Svelte recommends that you use SvelteKit right now. So, and if you use Vue, uh, there is like two options, like Vue recommends like with Create Vue, it's a Vite power starter that it has like only view router and like very little opinion, but a lot of people that wants to do like a larger app are going to reach out for Nux. So, so like a, a lot of people will hit Vite through one of these dependencies and, and there it, they, they are going to wait a little bit with Vite 3 because it is the dependencies that even if they are all green, now they are going to be in the in the following weeks saying okay now you can use uh, like this for example astro yesterday uh, merged the support for v3 nux i think it was two days ago that released the last rc that is based on v3 as well kit 
started to require V3, I think like three days ago. So it, it's been like quite swift, the movement, because of all these pre-testing that we did, no? And pre-work that we did with them. But still it's not instant because they, they need a few days to, to do all the arrangement. Yeah, that makes sense. So, so say, say I'm a, I'm a consumer, and when you say like view recommend, as like the view CLI, presumably, like is that? It's, it's not view CLI because that that one is uh, based on Webpack still, and uh, but it, there is a new project that is called Create View, and it it yes, and it is what what you get when, for example, you go to the official view documentation right now, or you you actually go to your console and and say. PMPM create view. If you say that, that is going to hit the create view package. So that is going to start like some prompts that is going to create a bit power up and is going to do a lot more than the normal Vita starter because that ours is very bare bone, more to test Vita than view. This is a proper app that has like like it's going to ask you if you want to use routing and add for you view router, if you want to have testing and add for you with test, if you want to have end-to-end already and add Cypress for you and already configure LinkedIn, Prettier, like all, all these kind of things. It's still quite bare-bone compared to something like Nux or SvelteKit that already have tons of opinions about how you should structure things like have feature like content and like some other things. This is still on the barbone side, but already you get like a proper production application with testing, with LinkedIn, with everything done. Nice. Yeah. So, so uh, it, it, yeah, it sounds like, and like you're saying, because such a high number of the like consumers are consuming it via a package, like via create view or Nuxt or something like that. They're just upgrading that. Like once, once their their upgrade to the new version of V looks like them upgrading whatever they are depending upon, and then they just get yeah upgrading Nux, upgrading a spell kit. Yeah, that makes sense. Hey, this is Emily, one of the producers for Pod Rocket. I'm so glad you're enjoying this episode. You probably hear this from lots of other podcasts, but we really do appreciate our listeners. Without you, there would be no podcasts. And because of that, it would really help if you could follow us on Apple Podcasts so we can continue to bring you conversations with great devs like Evan Yu and Rich Harris. In return, we'll send you some awesome PodRocket stickers. So check out the show notes on this episode and follow the link to claim your stickers as a small thanks for following us on Apple Podcasts. All right, back to the show. Let's talk about uh, like features a little bit. Is there anything, anything new that... Uh, like end users might benefit from with a version upgrade like this, or even just like performance increases, or what? What's 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 the most exciting? Yeah, we, we can we can talk about first about the the sure what you see first. That is like the new the new documentation. So this is like we we are using Bitpress. Uh, this is a project that Evan Yu started after like it is like the next generation of ViewPress that like this documentation mm-hmm. generator and but instead of based it on webpack it's based it on vid and it, it was very interesting because he did it as a way to test vid and also as a way to generate the documentation for vid and it was this dog fooding that was going in place that this dog fooding is like running now in the in the project like full swing because we are also using vid test to test the internally so we in the bit project we have vitpress to generate the docs and we have vitest to test so it is like a dog fooding meta going going there and so they are about to release the 1.0 and they are in alpha right now and one of the main feature of this new release of vitpress is a new theme kia king that is a view core contributor has been working on this theme for a while and it has Darmo support, like, like there is a lot of little details, improvement. There is a team page now, like th- there is support for, for a lot of things. So if you go to vjs.dev right now, you're going to, to get like a dark theme if you're already in your system is dark. And like, it looks like a lot better than before. And we also like updated the, the templates that we had 
to look like the docs. So if you go to vid.new, for example, that is going to open uh, a stack list playground. Now it will all look very similar to the docs. Like you're going to see some dark mode. It's, it's nice because we are starting to receive the the issues report with these new templates that that looks better than before. So it's, it's good that we are working with them now. And then uh, when you execute Vite, you're going to see like the CLI is a little bit nicer. Uh, we like before, like we have like more, like the colors are more like uh, on brand, let's say. Uh, there are like a lot of little details there. We changed it, the port. So instead of starting at 3000, you're going to see that Vita start at 5173. Uh, that is like a specific number. And this we needed to change because there is a lot of tools that start at 3000. Actually, our preview server before started at 5000 and macOS decided to take it. So like we got a lot of angry reports saying that Vit preview wasn't working and in macOS. So now it is going to be like 5173 for dev and then in preview is 4173. 4, so th this is one change that it shouldn't affect that much because normally what you do is like clicking on the link that the CLI will give you saying, okay, your dev server is ready here. Like just open it. So it's just a port, port change. Uh, we, we were able to actually get faster at call start. Uh, we, we already did some improvements in 2.8 and 2.9 related to, to call start. This, this was mainly because when you have like dependencies like Lodash that has tons of little files, you like if you give that to the browser directly, the browser will need to load like tons of little modules. And one of the issues that we have with the way Vid works is that if you give the browser 2,000 modules, even if it is fast to process each of them, the browser like hit a bottleneck. Normally, you don't hit it because you have your application like code splitted, and you normally you load around like 100 modules or something like that, and that is totally totally fine. But in at the dependencies level, you may hit this issue a lot sooner. So one thing that Vid does is pre-optimize the dependencies using ESBuild. And ESBuild is a very fast uh, Go bundler that we use all over the place where we need a speed in, in Vid. And we uh, pre-optimize these dependencies. So, so Lodash will be a single file, view will be a single file, and then like all the common dependencies between them will be like chunks between them. And you will then end up loading only like a handful of files for all your dependencies. But this process of pre-bundling before was done like kind of blocking. So what, what, what will happen is before the server start for the first time, it will actually need to scan all your files to, to check and discover the dependencies and then optimize them. And then the server will start. This will be cached. So if you don't touch your package JSON, that was normally what happened, until you add the next dependency, then the next time Vita start will already have this cache and will start right away. But call, call start is very important. For example, like for for like opening online, like in a stack, it is very important because you are always in call start. You don't have the cache there, so it it is like an important use case to have like a fast call start. And in two point nine, we already starting to move the scanner and the the optimization step like after the server start. So doing that in parallel, we, we had some like uh, improvement there, but in V3, we were able, we have more information because of like some architecture changes that we did. So one of the problems that we have is that if the scanner will miss one dependency, you will actually need to reload the page. So in call start, in V2.9, it could happen that you start your application and in the middle it will reload. 
and then start again. So this only happened in code start, but that reload could take the time like double. Yes, and this was uh, some like edge cases, but not that much because it, it, it happened when a plugin will inject an import. And this is something that like the plugin ecosystem is starting to do a lot. So it's kind of like important for us. So, so in V3, that is solved. Uh, and we are able to like most of that uh, is gone and Vid will start without these reloads. So for a lot of applications, for example, like Ladle, that is like a storybook Vid native alternative. Uh, he tweeted, I think like yesterday, that for 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 them, V3 was like double call start, uh, like double that fast. The, and this is just because they were hitting always one of these full reloads. So for, for this tool in particular, like V3 is twice as fast. Nice. That's, that's, that sounds super handy. I guess I, I, I never run into that issue before in any of my products, but they, they didn't have a ton of dependency. So that, that was probably what they were a little, but yeah, like I can imagine, I guess was that, was, was handling that case, was that a pretty like low level tricky change to make? Or was that, um, you know, like once, once you guys were aware of it and figured out what was happening, was it pretty simple, but it did require some, you know, a major change to get fixed. The the latest like part of that change wasn't that big, but to get there, there were like lot of like groundwork being done from 2.8 till now to make sure that we are able to do all this in parallel, to like to wait for like for the dependencies to be optimize it, but in a, in a more like lazy way. So there, there was, there was a lot of work, uh, done there. And actually it was finally enabled by some changes we did, uh, at build time that we can, we can also talk about this, that this is, uh, it is experimental because we didn't have enough time in V3 to actually test it enough with the ecosystem to be sure that we should release it, but it is working and like some project will already swap to it. And we are going to review if we can enable by default in bit four. And this, this is the idea that we, one of the most important like bugs for us uh, is the ones relating to differences between the dev environment and the build environment. This is extremely important because if something works in dev, and then you go to production and it doesn't work is, is the worst thing that could happen to a tool like Vit, because your, your users are going to lose, lose the, the confidence that, yeah, right, right. that the dev environment is giving you a, like a good, uh, like picture of what is going on. So we had like how we handle dependencies right now is, is that during dev, we are doing this optimization. For example, for our dependency like React, that right now is common shares only. So we need interop to be able to load it from an ESM context. So like in dev, we are doing this dance that I told you about, uh, like about uh, optimizing the dependencies with ESB. But during build time, we are not optimizing the dependencies. We, we don't have the bottleneck of the browser there. So it is Relap itself, the one that goes over your all your dependencies. And for common shares dependencies like React, there is this big piece in the Rollup ecosystem that is called Rollup Plugin Common Shares that is in charge of like taking this Common Shares dependency that is React and doing the interop so you can actually import, name it import from there, like, uh, like import, like user state and everything from React. And so this is like a quite a difference, let's say. We care a lot and we, like, if there is a bug, it's going to be squashed pretty soon there. The, the, all the pieces are quite robust right now. But if we could actually, like, remove from the picture plugin common shares and during production, optimize your dependencies in the way, in the same way we do during dev, that will, like, remove, like, a big difference. And like, because we, we had in the past bugs that were 
This dependency doesn't work in plugin CommonJS because there is an issue with circulite dependencies or something. Normally, the rollup team will be like very swiftly corrected, but it will be interesting to have that the same. And this is one of the experimental features. You can already play with it, that you can like enable optimization of dependencies with ES build during build time. This could also make, uh, like because they are cache, it could make your build more like have a speed up, let's say, because uh, like it's, it's the same as in depth. Like we are going to grab like all of that loadage, like and precompile it, and then rollup will have to do less crawl in there. And we are using exactly the same interop in both. But we need to to check like mainly the the main issue we need to review now is like how tree shaking in this new world works. Because rollup using plugin common JS is extremely optimized. They are like they are the same people working on both projects and like three shaking works extremely work there. But now we are like compile pre-compiling your dependencies with ES build, and we need to check that rollup is going to like consume that new structure and be able to, in all cases, properly tree shake it. Uh, that for production build is extremely important. So this is something that in the next months we are going to explore with the ecosystem. I expect and hope that some of the project will already start to migrate, like Nax or Svelkit, cool for you decide that the best is already to, to optimize your dependency during build. Because it is an option now, so they can use it. And then if you if we see that all the ecosystem is already there for bit four, we could make it the default. Nice. Right. Um, yeah, that makes sense. So, so I guess just to take a couple steps, a couple steps back. So, with with V two, was ES build already the default? Uh, it is like we are using ES build for, like, let's say, a lot of things. Apart from like optimizing your dependencies, ES build is used for transpiling individual files. For example, if there is JSX or if there is TypeScript, ES build is going to be used to strip the types very quickly, and we are also using it as the default minifier for both JS and CSS right now. So be, beforehand, like I think around like 2.6, we migrated from Tercer, that is like another minifier, but it's in it's writing in JS. So this it, it like ES build is a lot faster. So we are like the build is based on rollup. But where there is something that is quite intensive and ES build can do that job, we are using ES build. Got it. Got it. And 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 was that like at um you know at, at dev time, was that was that I, I guess yeah, the, the build step aside where you know where like it's in the experimental feature. Was, was did anything change there between V2 and V3? Like did the defaults change? Or was that was that how that had always been working? No, now because we decided to kind of like leave it as an option. It didn't change. Your builds will still use plugin CommonJS, but there is an option that you can see in the migration guide what to use, and it will like like avoid using plugin CommonJS and start to optimize your dependencies during build. And so you will get this world, this new world where it like the handle of dependencies is exactly the same between dev and and prod, but. At, at least for a while until we decide to make it the default, you should watch out how tree shaking is working for you and and this and help us. No, like uh, it it is quite important for us at this point. Like if you test this, give us feedback, both if it is negative because we can get a report and fix it, or if it is positive because normally we receive a lot of bug reports. But it's it's really good. Like if if you did a migration and it worked well, like. I don't know, tweet about it or like go to Discord and, and tell us because that is very useful information to know what is the state of the ecosystem. Yeah, and I feel like it probably can help as well in that you know like certain configurations don't seem to be generating problems and these do so you can figure out what where that where that delta is. Um, yeah, it can be really tricky without the positive signal and only the negative signal. Is there any, any other cool, um, are there any other cool experimental features? There, yes, there are like, Two more experimental features. Uh, one is 
quite low level that is about like improvement in hot model reload. Like one of the main feature of Vite is that hot model reload works extremely fast. Like this is quite important because of the feedback loop that you get. Uh, but how it works in V2 is that we have the uh, like a model graph of all your or the or, or your source code, let's say, and your dependencies, and but the relationship between the models are only this model imports this other module. So and there are some like submodels. For example, if you import like a view file, then there are like three submodels because we have like three parts: no, the template, the script and the CSS, and some of them act differently. Like if you change something in the CSS, HTML will be faster because you, you only need to swap styles. So there are some things that are different there, but it is at that level. But there are some projects like React and Svelte now that they are also exporting from the same file, like other functions, let's say. And if you modify one of these fu functions, maybe you don't need to reload the full component so the 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 current relationship that are like uh, recorded in the module graph are not enough to say like if i am importing the component of EM, i'm importing a util then i need or not to to hot module reload or or where you need to put the boundaries so this is a feature that uh, rixo that is uh, like they work in Svelte. It's, it's, uh, they did the initial implementation of the Svelte hot model reload part. And, and they did, uh, like they actually like did the proposal, the PR, everything. Uh, and now there is an option that if you enable, it will give you a richer module graph that has all this information and projects could use that information to like have more fine-grained control over when your application reloads and how. There, there could be a small uh, performance penalty during dev because of all this extra information that is recorded in the graph. So it is not enabled by default right now. And it's something that, because, because of that, it's also experimental. We are going to explore with the ecosystem, see how many of the projects end up using this. And if at one point, like we see that everybody's using them, probably it will be the default. And if and if we see that the performance is not like uh, that bad, let's say, because something that is important for us is that if you, for example, is not going to use this, you shouldn't pay for this extra information to be there. And so that is one. And then there is another one about we we work it during V3 in supporting relative base that. Normally, when you build your application, you know what is the the base where you're going to put. Imagine you have like a domain, and okay, and we have like a, let's say like your domain, and you have like some path to get your application. So in real time, you are going to actually uh, generate that path with relative base. You are able to generate something like a, a, a distribution that doesn't need to know where you put it. So you can put it in a subdomain, in any path in your domain, or in, in a network like IPFS. And there are experimental features about that. And some other important things, like I, I think we should at least touch like bundle size reduction. Like we got like minus 30% there in like the published size. Uh, then like there was a massive effort by Blue and Safi and like other team members about like working through the open issues. Like we had 770 open issues. And now after this release, we are around 400. So it, it, it is like amazing how the work that was done there too. And this is not only closing, like there is a lot of very small fixes that at the end of the day, like remove a lot of these little cuts that are very important in these tools. That's a lot. Yeah, I'm sure. Like it sounds like there's been an immense amount of work going on. Um, but yeah, I want to make sure we have a little bit of time to talk about uh, VeetConf. What's going on? Who's talking? Plug it quick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So like w once I joined Staglitz, one of the first thing that Eric Simmons, the, the CEO of the company, told me is like, like, what if there is a VeetConf? Like, and like, 
established is hosting this year at least of the of the conference and already with other community partners and we are starting to touch base with people in the ecosystem if they would like to give talks and starting to this starting to shape up in around like March this year and there was so much interest to to get this going and it's a very interesting conference because I think the the VIT part is going to be around like let's say 15% of the conference and then the rest that is like 12 hour of content is going to be like about the projects so as like Rich Harris is going to do a, a Svelkit talk, Ryan Carniato is going to do a Solid Start talk, like Evan Yu will be there doing the VIT keynote. We are going to have like, a, like there's going to be like Hydrogen, Astro, the, like all the projects that are using VIT that are a lot of them. Like we can talk a little bit about the ecosystem at one point. But uh, so it, I think it's going to be like a really interesting conference in that regard. We're going to have some live panels with the maintainers of these frameworks talking together and another one with the uh, the team, the VIT team talking about the future of VIT. And so, yeah, like go to to bitcom.org to, to know more. There is some cool like ticket generation after you register. You can choose the theme of your, like for example, you, you can have like a Svelkit ticket or a view team ticket and and then you can share it. Like it's, it has been pretty nice during this week that we launched it to see the different communities like sharing. They say like the view community is here, like and we're going to BitConf. And so it, it has been quite interesting, the, res, the re reception so far. Like it was launched, I think, four days ago or five days ago. And we are about to hit 4,000 like registration, like tickets generated. It's, it's a, and important, like I didn't say, but it's a free online conference. So like everyone is invited and we hope to see you there in Discord chatting about the stream and and also like watching. Hanging out. Yeah, we'll be sure to, we'll be sure to get a link to that in the, uh, in the show notes. Is there anything else you want to plug or send listeners to? I think we, we say quite a lot. Like, uh, go to vitjs.dev like, and see the new documentation and like tell us about uh, how V3 is working for you. Go to v.new and test it as usual. Like, it's the best way to, to know how Vit works. And, and yeah, like register for vconf.org because it, it looks like it's going to be a, quite an interesting event. Yeah, and check out vpress. The new version looks great. It's so nice. Yeah, the, the new theme is, is beautiful. Um, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on and chatting with me, Matthias. It's been a pleasure, as, as it was last time. It's always, it's always been awesome talking. Um, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for listening to PodRocket. You can find us at PodRocketPod on Twitter, and don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks.